podcast. It is here. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition, a very special edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, American Contention, Quarantining Freedom and Technocrat Oversight. That's right. We talk about the elections here in America, uh, whether or not you've been living underneath the rock. We just had our elections between President Trump and Joe Biden. We get into all the other things that are going on with that, the confusion, and more in the first segment. We also take a quick detour and look at some of the other strange things that are happening because of COVID, locking people in and out of their houses, sitting in the police with their doors to get forced blood draws, uh, troops in the streets, all kinds of crazy stuff. And then we finish off talking about, obviously, the interference that's taking place because of the technocrats, the things that are going on, the robbing of our rights, and how technology is helping embolden that, how we're being uh, technologically absorbed into a globalist society. Yeah, the world we have right now, my friends, 2020 is something else, let me tell you. Uh, But if you did not listen to the pre-election coverage and analysis episode that I did earlier this week, you missed out. There's a lot of stuff that we go over in this edition that we went over first in that one. I would definitely recommend you guys go check it out. Uh, And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Zero, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1037, season 10, episode 37. You may have noticed, again, the difference in sound. I'm now using, <laughs> I'm now using my $200 mic. Yeah, the one I had beforehand before this uh, was a $50 mic, and the mic I had before that were some turtle beaches. I'm now using my $200 mic because I think we're ready. Uh, and so again, you guys might hear some of that uh, some of that switch up. But again, with the $200 sounding mic, because a lot of high quality, I'm still trying to figure out this mixer. But you're not really here for that. You're not really here to hear about the audio equipment up stuff like that. What we're really here to talk about is the election, the country, the world, what's happening, and uh, everything that, that, that ties into it. But uh, before I do that, you know, I was talking with one of my exclusive members this past week of, uh, literally last Friday, about uh, the usefulness of my chickens and how much of a utility they have become and how much they are a commodity. Uh, how many people I was feeding like with the eggs. I didn't even really think about it like that. Uh, you know, I was talking about all the charity work that I was doing. And if you guys are exclusive members, you guys kind of heard about some of the cat that's out of the bag and some of the things I'm involved in. Uh, but for non-exclusive members, this is me just kind of giving you guys the rough around the edges. But I was talking about, you know, the utility of my chickens and how much of a commodity they've, they've become, uh, not only since last year, but because of the pandemic. And unfortunately... This, uh, this, this past Saturday, 
Yeah. On 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 uh, Halloween, the day after Halloween, six of my chickens were slaughtered. Now you guys have heard me talk about uh, doing in Rona, my uh, one of my roosters, and natural selection came through and straight slaughtered my chickens. Yeah, I went out there into the backyard, and we 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 saw a chicken carcass with its head cut off or eaten off, and it was extraordinarily violent. There were paw prints in the in the in the in the ground. Uh, covered in blood and you know this is at nighttime whenever we discovered this uh, and in the daytime you can just see varying spots of a, of a struggle it's crazy it's a slaughter i had 11 chickens and only three of them are alive we lost our our, our egg production is down 75 to 90 percent yeah six of my chickens gone boosh just like that boom Yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I've, I've got to deal with some stuff. But that kind of lets you know where my mindset is at. Uh, again, I didn't think that the chickens filled the void that they did. And I didn't think that I had that much of a spirit to care about them. But now that they're not here, it certainly feels a little bit quieter. That's for sure. Uh, and so I've got some decisions to make around here over at the old uh, Casa de Clinton. But this is how life works, man. You know, we don't understand how fast things are. And I, I, I couldn't help but think of how that's karma for me talking so much about having to do in my rooster simply because I, uh, because he was just loud and worrying about egg production. And then, again, natural selection comes through and these types of things happen. And, Unfortunately, we've got to adjust accordingly. We can't sit there and complain about it. You know, we've got to make other moves. So we're hatching the remaining three eggs, um, and uh, this is this is this is what's going on in our life. And so that's just audio equipment updates, farm life updates. Join the join the exclusive membership program. Join our Telegram channel. We currently, I think, have 130 members. We launched it earlier this week. I'm actually very proud. It seems like people are pretty. Uh, pretty content with what we're doing with that because I didn't expect for us to be here during the election. I most certainly did not. I expected for them to target us and delete us like we've seen with so many other pages. But for some uh, blessed reason, we are still here. And so we'll get into talking about, uh, about the election, about America, about Trump, about COVID, about China, about all these things. But I just think it's imperative uh, because you guys unfortunately didn't have the chance to see my chickens in their in their prime. I felt like it was only appropriate for me to let you guys know how that works. And so Chickenville, my little chickenton, it's uh, it is extraordinarily quiet these days. I've just got one laying hen, one little baby hen, and one little baby rooster, um, and uh, it is an interesting dynamic to say the least. And so the last time I mentioned the chickens on the show, I kind of compared them to democratic policies where you could have free health care, free education, free tuition, uh, free housing, and free all this stuff. And then there are things such as natural selection that occurs where that's not, a, that, that, that's not possible. They had all these things, um, and it was the one night that we didn't put them away. It, was a, it's a, it really is a darn shame. Uh, to not think that you were really putting in all that time and effort into something only to see it snatched away from you. So I hope that doesn't interfere too much 
with this week's podcast episode, but I also hope it lets you guys understand that, uh, you know, when we talk about the supply chain, supply and demand, being an asset to your community and things like this, it really is. Uh, it is a huge honor and it is a huge undertaking. Uh, but you don't think about these things whenever you're trying to help people or whenever you have chickens, man, or whenever you're out there, just throwing them some feed, shooting the breeze. <laughs> but again, uh, this is the world that we're at. This is 2020. You're not here for that. Again, you are here to hear about what's happening to the country, what is happening to the world. Uh, whether or not you've been living underneath a rock, we have just had the presidential election between Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. I say it's an election because it's clearly going to be a selection. And I want to go ahead and try to get you the latest numbers I can. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and use Instagram. Nothing. I'm not, I'm not going to use any, any other super crazy source or something like that. I'm just going to try to find you something that's relatively recent. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I thought it was, it almost uh, did not load my profile. You know what? Well, we don't have time for that. Let's go ahead and start getting into stuff. Sorry about that, guys. We are all over the place. Uh, let me just go ahead and pull up this clip last week that we put up on our Instagram page, on our Instagram TV, about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying that she is very confident Biden will be president. In this section, American Contention, I'm going to expand upon the view that I had on the Instagram Live I did earlier this week, the pre-election coverage and analysis and projections episode. I talked to you about my overarching thought process and how Trump is going to win the election, no doubt, but they will not give it to him. Yes, indeed, they will have Joe Biden be declared the victor, just as you will hear Nancy Pelosi say, but they will also have social media and media emboldening this lie. Uh, let's take a listen, and then we'll continue on from there. But we are ready. I feel very confident that Joe Biden will be elected president on Tuesday, whatever the and the count is, but on the election that occurs on Tuesday, he will be elected. On January 20th, he will be inaugurated president of the United States. So while we don't want to be overconfident or assume anything, we have to be ready for how we are going to go down a different path. Uh, you said you were confident in the I want to kind of ask you to look into the future a little bit on coronavirus with other issues that could come up here. You know, we talked about your caucus and the beauty in the mix here. There's a lot That's of right. diverse attendance. That's right. Do you think, though, that that could be a problem for the coronavirus or some of these other legislative initiatives, uh, environment, voting rights, down the list, those things where there are issues pushed too far in this area? Is a schism between more moderates in your caucus? No, I don't. Uh, our caucus has a beautiful array of thinking of generational, gender, gender ID, ethnic background, geographic differences, and the rest. But the one thing uh, that unites us is our commitment to America's working families. And that means our children, their health, their education, the economic security of their families, a clean, safe environment, including gun safety, in which they can thrive in a world at peace, in which they can reach their fulfillment. Uh, so, again, we don't, any of us, want to lead or represent a caucus that is lockstep 
lockstep caucus. We invite the exuberances, the differences of opinion, and we do not see that as a problem. We see that as an invigoration. Huh. So there you have it. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying that she is indeed confident that Joe Biden will be president. Now, think about this, gang. Think about what I'm trying to kick to you as we are just casually going over the fact that we don't have a declared winner. And that, as I told you, over the next uh, couple of weeks, months, over the next 70 days uh, dealing with this election, we're going to see nothing but contesting. They will declare Joe Biden as the assumed president. As I read to you earlier this week, he will assert control. He will assert control. One of the uh, breakdowns I did earlier this week with our exclusive member is just that, how they're going ahead with the plan. This is the COG, the Continuity of Government Plan. This is them installing a president. Let me read it to you guys real quick, this article. It comes from The Blaze. This is by Chris Enlow. They put this up November 3rd. It says, report, Biden will assert control before begin forming new government if the media has declared him the winner. And before I go on to read that, they said that uh, I think Chris Cuomo would be Joe, either Chris or Andrew Cuomo. I think it's Andrew Cuomo would be Biden's attorney general. So instead of having attorney general, general William Barr, who was selected from the, from the, for the Trump campaign, for the Trump presidency, underneath his administration, they're going ahead with it. There's even talks that, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, our governor, Michelle Luann Grisham, is going to be <laughs> one of the health ministers because she's been one of the strictest, one of the strictest people with these lockdowns. It's insanity. We're literally talking about that separatist movement. This is how civil wars start. Let me get into this. It says Democrat Joe Biden will reportedly, quote, assert control and immediately begin forming a new government as president-elect if news organizations declare him the winner on election night. What are the details? Even if President Trump challenges the results, Biden will address the nation Tuesday night as, as the winner if news organizations declare him the, quote, mathematical president-elect, Biden campaign advisors told Axios. There goes the technocracy again. In such a case... Biden will immediately be, begin, quote, looking presidential and to stifle Trump's challenges. Biden may, quote, begin transition announcement quickly, starting with senior staff appointments, according to Axios. In fact, Biden's team, quote, has blueprints for staffing every single agency, in addition to plans for executive orders to reverse those issued by Trump. Biden's team will make a quick push to assert power because of what happened in 2000 because uh, between George W. Bush and Al Gore, when Bush declared himself the winner of the contested election and began to act as the president-elect. Gore, on the other hand, did not assert himself, and he eventually was declared the loser. Quote, We're not really concerned about what Donald Trump says, Biden's campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon, said, um, said Monday. Quote, We're going to use our data, our understanding of where this is headed, and make sure that the vice president is addressing the American people. On the other hand, Trump said Tuesday that he will declare victory, quote, only when there's victory. There's no reason to play games. And then people go ahead and say, will the election be called tonight? I don't think so. I think we all know that that will not be the case. I want to go ahead and real quick click on this uh, fed to us information about the election. Uh, right now, these are just the uh, current numbers. They say that Joe Biden has 243 electoral votes 
Donald Trump has 14. And what's so interesting about all this is it went down for almost like we should have a, we should have a winner. It's November 5th. What are we doing? They're purposely stalling this. This is exactly what I told you guys earlier in the week on election day. They're not going to have a declared winner on the third. They're not going to have one on the fourth. They're going to try to drag this out until January 20th. As I read to you right there, asserting control. You're not the leader. We're, we don't have to follow you. But Oh, didn't we already hear that throughout Trump's entire presidency? That he is, quote, not my president. Hmm. Right here, Senate elections. 35 out of 100 seats are up for election. 51 seats are needed for a majority. Right now, it's pretty much split. You have the Republicans with 48 seats and the Democrats with 47. House elections. All 434 seat, 35 seats are up for election. 218 seats are needed for a majority. The Democrats have 199 as well as the Republicans having 188. They need 218, like I said before, for the majority. And so here's what's happening. We talked about this. Mark Zuckerberg talked about this. There is a lot of potential for civil unrest. They understand that. And people are going to try to take to this. They're going to try to take to social media to duke it out, to share facts, to break these things down. But you can't have that, not with this ministry of truth, or not with this ministry of truth government we have today. You know, I got to get into this next article because uh, all of, all of the, we don't we only have so much time, and all of this stuff is so crazy. My God, I might just save it for the next for, for for the third segment. But I just want to pipe this in right here. What have I been saying throughout the entirety of this COVID nineteen pandemic that our enemies are laughing at us, and now we're literally seeing us be infiltrated by domestic terrorists and foreign agents right here. China has predicted the fall of the U.S. political system. An article written by Sean Andesalabi over there at your Newswire, they put this up November 5th. And I won't get into this now. I'll save it for the third segment. But it says that the Chinese state media has predicted that the U.S. political system as we know it is about to collapse in a grim assessment of this week's election. Quote, the decline of the U.S. politics in 2020 is destined to be recorded in history, wrote China's state-run Global Times. The outlet cited gun and ammunition purchases as the evidence that a civil war is looming. Unfortunately, I would have to agree. This is something that we have talked about. Oh, God. That, that I have talked about uh, with people regretfully in ways that I don't uh, care to admit. But I'm going to go ahead and pull up to you guys real quick this Zoom call, this leaked Zoom call uh, from people. Federal agents, people that work for the government, talking about how they can get Trump out of office, how they're trying to shut down D.C. Now, think about this. You have leaked Zoom calls where they're confirming they're not going to accept the election. They're not going to accept the results. Even if Joe Biden doesn't win, we want to try to get Trump out of office. You see, because it's not about a free and fair election. It's not about accepting the winner. It's about causing disruption. It's about causing resistance. It's about disrupting and destroying the very idea that we could elect things for ourselves. Isn't this what they talked about with the previous election? Foreign interference, right? That it was the Russians. Well, here are the Russians right now. These are the people causing all these problems in the first place. I digress. Let's take a listen. People are still coming in, but I think it's a good time to get started. I really want to hear from uh, Shut It Down DC about this. Um, do you ha do we have any plans for how to respond if there's a coup? Um, yeah, we we uh, um, have been in 
uh, you know, discussion for a couple months about uh, how to respond to different contested election scenarios. First step is that we, we think that we need to start the, the post-election phase in the streets. So we're inviting people to come to BLM Plaza um, anytime after 4 p.m. on election night. Uh, on the 5th, we're going to uh, shut down the White House. On the 6th, we're going to shut down uh, larger parts of Washington, D.C. And then the following week, um, I mean, like all the mainstream groups are going to come to D.C. and try to have a march on the 7th. So that's a Saturday, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but then you know, the following week, Congress is planning on coming to town and passing laws again and like having business as usual. And we're saying there's... If, if we're in a coup, there's no time for business as usual. Members of Congress, they're coming in. Um, we're going to meet up at the airports or at Union Station um, and send them back to where they came from until we deal with the, the situation that we're in. If enough of them get in and we need to go to Capitol Hill um, uh, that, that week, we'll, you know, we'll do that too. I heard someone in the chat talking about revolution time. Um, and so I encourage, you know, for all of us to be fighting for revolution, before today, today, tomorrow, afterwards. We're facing an administration and a potential coup and a potential insurrection where um, efforts to criminalize this are going to be even greater. Understanding that everything that we're doing now in this moment is laying the groundwork for what is going to come. Is there going to be a war? Are people going to get killed? Like, is that on anybody else's mind? I'm guessing it is. We're going to see potential fighting all over the country or in some hot spots. Right? We've already seen that. And so how do we work together across the country to help support each other no matter where we are? In I'll put the rest of that in the description bar below. So you, the audience, can understand what's happening like this isn't me telling you this type of stuff you're literally hearing them say listen we're in a coup right now that's us over here playing games not really understanding the enemy and again sophistication of our adversary we're in a coup right now you have deep state agents federal people that actually still work for the government that's why they can tell you hey your job's not essential what you're doing that's not essential what we're doing this is essential that's why they're very organized. They're sophisticated. I went over this again with you guys on the Instagram Live. Really think about this because I have another quick video. Uh, I, I doubt I'll even fully play it. This is of somebody, you know, from Antifa, a whistleblower coming out, you know, admitting that, yeah, he's been brainwashed to hate America. No, duh. You've all been brainwashed to hate America. Escalation resistance. Shut down DC, the hashtag White House Siege. It started in September, and here we are now. They're saying, yeah, that we're we're gonna have more demonstrations, we're gonna have more protests. Yeah, there might be violence, people might die. You're very correct. These things might occur. But you know what? We can't stop because their ultimate goal, it's not for actual liberation, is to cause again as much destabilization as they can. They don't, they don't care about Joe Biden. He's just a figurehead. This, is give, this gives them a reason to cause all this conflict. You have to understand, these people literally mean war. <laughs> they literally mean war. And they're telling you, 
we're we're able to leak videos of them saying we're going to cause problems. We're going to bust open some skulls. We're going to break down some windows. Isn't is isn't this what we saw? You see businesses all over the entire country boarding up their windows, shutting down, not because of COVID, but because of domestic terrorists capitulating, riding on those screens. It's happened here. I I, I remember whenever I went and did the uh, when did this the, the the surveillance down here for whenever the, they tried to get all bucked down here. You have businesses boarding up their windows saying Black Lives Matter trying to paint little sacraments on their on on their uh, houses saying please dear god don't don't bash our windows in we support you what is this when did we when did we get held hostage again by foreign elements that don't have our best interest at mind this is an insurrection no doubt and we've been infiltrated let me read this article that comes from now the end begins it's by jeffrey grider they put this up now november 2nd it says domestic terror groups Antifa and Black Lives Matter issue nationwide call for burning and looting and riots in the streets on election night Tuesday. It says a wave of riots and demonstrations are being planned to mark the end of the U.S. election has emerged. Protesters supporting the Black Lives Matter and Antifa movements are organizing protests beginning on Tuesday night. Both domestic terror groups Antifa and Black Lives Matter are vowing to burn down America's big cities with massive nationwide riots in the streets starting election night on Tuesday. Will they do it? Well, since they have already been caused, they've already caused over $2 billion in damage over the past six months, I would tend to lean towards believing them, and so should you. Federal authorities are expected to re-erect re a, quote, non-scalable fence around the White House on Monday, a day before the presidential election. Many fear may lead to mass protests, civil unrest, and even armed insurrection. So says a UK Guardian, quote, the White House on lockdown, NBC News, White House correspondent Jeff Bennett wrote on Twitter on Sunday, hundreds of National Guard are on standby. So at this point, it's a safe bet that something big is about to go down. You know, you got to ask the question of, are they, are, are, are they emboldening these type of people by boarding up the windows, sending the troops out there? You got to ask the question of, is this them trying to trigger the population to get people agitated? Let me play for you guys real quick this quick uh, video of uh, police clashing with Antifa protesters outside the White House. And then we'll continue on from there. Relax! 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 Relax!
TikTokers showing up to come protest. Awesome. Awesome. Let me let me go ahead and start getting into stuff because uh, all of this is insane. It says that the election results produced a winner, but that hasn't stopped the protest and the unrest from happening, from breaking out. All over America, police were seen clashing with Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters outside the White House, as some declared that they will be staying for weeks. Yep, precisely. What the F? Precisely. And as you heard from the leaked Zoom call, that is exactly their intention. It says this comes as cities across the nations have seen storefronts boarded up and the National Guard being deployed as law enforcement groups prepare for potential unrest. In D.C. alone, officers were seen lined up in the streets around the White House, and a fence was erected around the perimeter of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, where a thousand protesters gathered. According to the report, the demonstrators were heard and seen chanting, Whose streets? Our streets. And if we don't get no justice, they don't get no peace. Large banners, including one reading, quote, Trump lies all the time, were seen. At one point, marchers were seen stabbing the tires of a parked police van. Meanwhile, in, in Seattle, at least eight people were reportedly arrested in Seattle as many took to the streets in protest on Election Day, including demonstrators who were leaving nails in the roadway, according to police. According to Fox News, the Seattle Police Department stated that two groups were marching through the city Tuesday night, including one that was given public safety warnings for people to keep moving. Later, the two groups apparently merged together around 9 p.m. with marchers moving traffic brigades into a roadway as authorities urge caution to anyone driving in the city areas downtown. So, that, 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 that's not the only thing that happened, though. This type of escalation. Yeah, that's not the only thing that took place. There were stabbings that happened, for sure, because we're, we're in those days, right? People will get stabbed for having different political views. Hell, we'll... We'll shoot somebody in the street. It doesn't matter because we're trying to get crazy. And what I mean by that is this next video clip I have for you guys. Apparently, it is sensitive content. Enrique Tario, chairman of the Proud Boys, along with another, another Trump supporter, was stabbed near the White House. That's right. D.C. police have confirmed a stabbing attack on four Trump supporters near the White House. This is an article that comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up November 3rd. Yeah, girl, they tried, they tried to stab you. They stabbed me. They stabbed me. Bleeding really badly. Oh, shit. They stabbed Bevan and Beanie right now. They just stabbed Bevan and Beanie. Call 911. Call 911. Gotta help him. Gotta help him. Gotta help him. Gotta help says despite protests gathered in front of the white house through, through the night amid the worst case scenario of very delayed election results there's so far been no predicted widespread unrest as american wait but the longer the situation extends the more potential for mayhem there is overnight washington dc D.C. police confirmed a stabbing incident targeting what appears to be Trump supporters who had been gathered near the White House. 
The local NBC affiliate reports based on police statements and eyewitness accounts. It says that a woman and three men were stabbed blocks from were stabbed blocks from the White House early Wednesday morning following the election night, DC police say. DC police say that the victims identified themselves as members of a far right group that supports Donald Trump, the Proud Boys. The victims claimed that the suspects were part of a Black Lives Matter protest. News 4 was not immediately able to confirm those claims, and unfortunately, no arrests have been made. It says that the police are said to be searching for the suspects who have yet to be apprehended. Quote, two of the suspects were described as black males wearing all black clothing. The third was a black female wearing black sweatpants with a white stripe, orange leggings, and a dark gray coat. The NBC News report continues. It says, according to the Daily Mail, Proud Boy leader Enrique Tarrio told the Gateway Pundit that he was slashed in the stomach while fellow member Bevelyn Beatty was stabbed in the back. Yeah, these people, these, these protests, they're so peaceful. These people, they're so, they're so peaceful. So this is, again, within the first couple of days of the election. This is, again, that American contention where they're hoping to God to get every last bit of rage out of you. Let me just read you guys real quick these headlines so I can fly through them just to give you like a quick guesstimation of like where, where we're at right now. Luxury condos have hired armed security guards with submachine guns to protect the super rich on election night. Yeah, because they see, oh, oh, you guys are protesting? Is that what you're doing? You're getting upset about things? Well, you're not going to come around here in my house. You see, you're not allowed to have a First Amendment, but the rich folks are. <laughs> Over 3,000 National Guard troops deployed to various states in fear of election night violence. Clearly, we hadn't seen any violence that took place over the election night other than the stabbing of Enrique Tarrio and some of the other clashes we've seen in, uh, in Seattle and in Washington and other areas. So what is this all for? Why are they activating the troops? Because it's not just for the election night, my friends. These troops have multiple missions. Let me get into this article real quick. It comes from Just the News, Not the Noise. It's by Brianna Cream. Brianna Kramer. They put this up November 3rd. This is with election results expected to slowly come in Tuesday night and perhaps days later, some states are preparing for any violence in their cities by activating their National Guard. State leaders' decisions to activate to active guard troops also follow many businesses in cities across the country already having been bored up over concerns about what's to come after election day. At least 3,671 troops have been called into several cities to assist with cyber defense, working polls, and standing by in case of any civil unrest. The governors of Massachusetts and Texas have activated 1,000 National Guard members, and Alabama, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Texas are among other states in which governors have mobilized forces in case of any riots. It says that the Oregon governor has declared a state of emergency for the Portland area, and the state's National Guard is on standby. People are getting crazy out there. They know it. But at the same time, they want it. Why can't we have our election results? You're not going to get them on election night. What's going to happen is they're going to drag this out. That's the whole point. Because they see, again, how much, uh, like you, you, I guess in a Machiavellian, evil, Illuminati-style way, you have to think about 
the ratings, the optics. How does it look? CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all this other stuff. That's why they have to be anti-Trump. That's why they have to have all this mystique and this intrigue and all this confusion because of the ratings. I don't know about you guys, but my, uh, my, my phone, my weekly report that it says on my phone where it tracks about how many hours you're on your phone, it says that mine was up roughly 50%. And that's from, you know, just checking all the different news feeds, listening to all the different people that have information out there, looking at, you know, again, election results that's, that, that may be either fake or skewed, uh, getting phone calls, getting messages from other group chats, like my screen usage was up. But see, what's going to happen is what I said beforehand, where they shut down people's ability to have access to information themselves. So where they're able to express their, discom- their discontent on social media. They'll say, oh, that's election fraud. Oh, that's election meddling. Oh, that's incitement. Oh, that's, that's something. They'll come up with some type of reason for you to not express your political views, to, for you to not express your displeasement. Oh, you're censored. And so then what happens whenever you're not able to uh, interact with people on a three-dimensional or in, in, in cyberspace, right? You'll get out there into the real world. You go out there into the streets, and that's what they want. Let me read this real quick. New Jersey National Guard activated to work in civilian clothes at the election sites. An article that also comes from Just the News, Not the Noise, written by Susan Katz-Keaton. They put this up November 4th. It says, in a move that experts termed unusual and legal, Members of the, Na- of the New Jersey National Guard worked in civilian clothes this week while officially activated to help civilian officials at election sites. More than 370 of the state's National Guard soldiers and airmen were dispatched to work with the election officials in 19 counties, New Jersey state military officials announced Tuesday. Quote, this state active duty mission is being undertaken at the request of County Board of Elections according to the New Jersey National Guard. And while New Jersey's Guard members were previously had pitched in at election sites, this marks their first such role in a general election and deviates from the normal practice where National Guard members were in their military uniforms when on active status. Photographs posted to the New, to the New Jersey National Guard website and Facebook page depict men and women members at the election sites in various attire, including polo shirts, t-shirts, cardigans, and button-down Oxford shirts, but not military uniforms. Quote, it's definitely peculiar, an active duty officer with, uh, with the Judge Advocate General Corps told Justin News, quote, I don't immediately see any statutes that make it illegal, but it's not something you normally see with the activated guard. The reason for the move, a second JAG officer, officer, officer said, likely is rooted in public relations. Quote, they probably don't want people to think that the military has taken over their election. But the officer noted, they can't do that anyway, as per U.S. law. Guard members were brought in not for security, but to assist in processing vote-by-mail ballots, the New Jersey organization said in a statement. Quote, this support is an extension of the Guard's active role in preventing the spread of COVID-19 in New Jersey. Oh, there it is. The group wrote. The service members have given, quote, fabulous help, election official Evelyn Catterson said in a video produced by the New New Jersey National Guard. New Jersey State military officials did not return calls from just the news asking for a comment. Yeah, because you got to think about that. That's exactly what it is. You're having the military come over and take over your elections. It's kind of strange. No matter how you slice it, it's strange. You're putting troops out on the streets and you're putting troops into the into the voting booths. It's kind of wild kind of strange it's kind of out there but i guess that's again one of those things that's 2020 but i have to bring it to your attention my friends 
again, what we thought about, or at least what I brought up at the start of this segment. I have to. Joe Biden says that he will assert control and begin forming a new government if the media declares him the winner. If they declare him the winner. So you're going to tell me <laughs> that Joe Biden, because they said that this is the biggest election of all time, right? More people have voted in this election in, since the history, I guess, of whenever people started voting and doing stuff like this. More, this is the most voted in election. And you're going to tell me that Joe Biden was the most voted for candidate? I strongly doubt that. Because again, what is the plan to install Joe Biden? As I said before, the 25th Amendment, Nancy Pelosi unfortunately let it slip for herself. Hey, it's not for Donald Trump. It's for Joe Biden. And what did he come out already saying? Right here, an article from Jack Phillips over there at the Epoch Times. Joe Biden doesn't declare victory, but believes he will be the winner. Should we play the clip of Nancy Pelosi? Concluding with that statement, says Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden held a, a press conference on Wednesday afternoon and said that he will, quote, not declare that he won, but, quote, when the count is finished, we, will, we believe we will be the winner, he said. But yesterday, democracy is the heartbeat of this nation. It's been the heartbeat of this nation for two centuries, Biden said. It is their will who will determine who will be the president of the United States. Biden said that he won in Wisconsin, citing exit polls from news organizations. The former vice president also said that he would win in Michigan and claimed that he would win in Pennsylvania. Biden also said that he won in Arizona. All those state officials, including Governor Doug Ducey, said it's far too early to call the race for either candidate. Trump campaign officials said that they believe the president could still win in Arizona, but if Biden wins in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Arizona, he has enough to reach the 270 electoral college threshold needed to be victorious. Quote, every indication shows that he will win the popular vote in the United States, Biden said in the conference. Quote, indeed, Senator Harris and I are on a track to win more votes than any ticket ever. He added. Biden also attempted to call for national unity in the midst of a hard campaign to unite and heal while coming together as a nation. So here, let me let me let me go ahead and break down what that is. You already know what that is. That's him trying to say, oh, hey, don't worry. I won. I won. It's cool. I want to work with you guys. But let me let me really pull this back. I have to kind of take Biden sleepy, creepy Joe, Uncle Joe Biden off of the screen to break this down. What did we talk to you guys about just last week and the week before last? Hunter Biden's laptop. Now the new federal state of China is saying, hey, listen, we don't want to work with the Bidens. They're up to some shady stuff. They're deep in bed with the communist Chinese. What is really going on here is we are seeing a communist globalist infiltration, a corporate fascist takeover of our country. When I tell you they are going to, they're trying to install Joe Biden, they're saying that America, your guys' votes, your voting system, it's archaic. It doesn't work. We're throwing it out of the window. What did I read you about just the other week? That the New York Times came out saying, hey, we need 
to have the United Nations oversee our elections. You, you, you kooky Americans, you don't know what you're doing. So really think about what's happening, what's, what's breaking down right now. When I, when I give you that overarching view of saying that President Trump won the election, but they're going to declare Joe Biden the winner, what does that mean to you? This isn't a normal election. That's why this is so crazy. That's why this is so historic, because Trump did win, but they're not going to let Trump have it. People say, oh, you're playing into the left-right paradigm. You don't understand what's happening right now is the consolidation of both the left-right paradigm. This is the Trump, this is, again, this is Trumping in the technocracy. Oh, but Trump's not a part of the deep state. Again, you need to stop playing these stupid games because you're, you're, you're not able to see the significance of what's, what's breaking down. When I tell you they're going to select a president, as we've already always known they have, they're, doing, they're pulling their magic in front of you. You, you get what I'm saying? This isn't like a let's get into the Illuminati conspiracy puppet type stuff. I'm trying to tell you that the country and the electoral system, as we know it, is being thrown out the window. And when people begin to wake up to the fact that they figured out that their vote doesn't mean anything, in this most important election of, of, of all time, you're going to see kickback. I'm trying to give you the 30,000-foot view, but you can feel right now that the ball is up in that 30,000-foot view. And when it comes down, it's going to, oh my God, it's going to come down hard. This is how civil wars start, my friend. I'm telling you. Trump says he has his lawyers, which is good because it's definitely going to be necessary. But that's not going to stop it. That's only going to prolong some of the chaos that we already know is coming down the barrel. My God. This is, this, <laughs> this is why I've had such a hard time really looking at this or really even trying to put this episode together and go over all this stuff because everything's going to happen so slow but at the same time so fast but it's not going to happen fast enough. And that's only going to upset enrage, and trigger people right here. Yeah. Uh, Trump says he's ready to, for a contested election. We're going in with our lawyers because he knows it's going to get dragged out in the courts. And that's again, where the judges come in and the judges have already been bought out by who by Soros. So when, oh, yeah, for sure, let's get it legal, take it to the courts. But that's when the judges come in. That's when the long, drawn-out process comes in. That's where the other fraud comes in. And how long are these court cases going to take place? It's going to take at least like a couple months. We're, we're, we're expecting, we're, we were expecting an answer on November 3rd. They're going to try to contest this all the way up until January 20th. Let me get into the article. It comes from Jack Phillips over there at the Epoch Times. They put this up November 2nd. It says President Trump said he would likely take legal action if he thinks Tuesday's election is contested, namely in Pennsylvania, a key battleground state. Quote, as soon as that election is over, we're going in with our lawyers, Trump told reporters before he held a rally in North Carolina on Sunday. The president said the ballot counting efforts after November 3rd in Pennsylvania and other states would be unfair. Several counties in Pennsylvania have announced that they would count votes after Election Day. Quote, I don't think it's fair that we have to wait for a long period of time after the election, Trump said, adding that it would be a, quote, terrible thing. He added, quote, if people wanted to get their ballots in, they should have gotten their ballots in long before that. They don't have to put their ballots in on the same day. They could have put them in a month ago. We think this is a ridiculous decision. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro, a Democrat, wrote on Twitter that, quote, 
our elections are over when all the votes are counted. He then wrote to Trump, quote, but if your lawyers want to try us, we'd be happy to defeat you in court one more time. Now, I have to make a stop right there because what the Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro said is very true. Because it's not about your vote, unfortunately. It's about who counts those votes. Who's counting those votes? You can, like I'm trying to say, everybody voted Trump or the majority of America voted for Trump. But as Joe Biden said a couple weeks ago, they have created the biggest voter fraud organization in history. Everybody voted for Trump, but media and social media are going to give it to Biden. Again, that's my 100,000 foot, 30,000 foot view I can give you right now. I'll have another approximation for you by next week. This is where it's at right now, right here. Trump campaign is suing to stop Michigan and Pennsylvania from counting votes. So you've already got them suing to stop vote counting, calling for recounts, saying that this is uh, unfair, and this is a couple days out from or after the election. This is crazy. This is the American contention. This is the presidential election. This is election 2020, and it's not done. And because you're going to see, because America has become like a game show, TV show now, you're going to see a lead here because Joe Biden has the lead. You don't want people rioting in the streets on the, on the election night. It doesn't serve anybody. But then you're going to see Trump get ahead with the lead, and that's going to only invigorate and agitate people. What's happening right now, the stage that's being set for everything that's going to take place is so monumental that, hell, you might have the United Nations try to come in to quiet stuff down. This, again, might be why they're activating 3,000 troops all over the, all over the, the, the nation. People preparing for civil unrest. This is, again, how civil war starts with whispers of who's our king? Who's our leader? Who's our president? Are we following the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, or are we following the United Nations? You've got, again, you've got to understand the polarizing and divisive time frame we are already in and where they plan to take us next. My friends, I want to leave you real quick with this article that we will get into in the third segment because it just, it, it, it's too much right now. Right here, again, China predicts the fall of the U.S. political system. When I make statements a couple weeks ago about the breakdown of law and order and how we, if you guys listened to the Instagram Live we had earlier this week, Ju Sensei asked, you know, what's going on with all this stuff? Why is everything escalating? You know, the radicalization, the polarization, the extremism, why are things intensifying? It's because we are seeing just this. No, but this is supposed to be a republic, but people think it's a democracy. And if that's not the case, well, then you're going to have either what, a constitutional monarchy or national socialism or democratic socialism? Like what? Unfortunately, Xi Jinping is not wrong when they say that he's predicting the fall of the U.S. political system. Is it fascism? Is it the technocracy? Is it socialism? What's going to replace us? Are we in the last days? Of our once great 
Republic. I hate to think about these things, but unfortunately we have even more issues to cover in the next segment. This is the world that's being created, and these are only a couple days after the election. This is the American contention, and we're just getting started. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about COVID-19, the pandemic, I guess, that's still ongoing, quarantining freedom, and more. Uh, I'm going to play for you guys a a clip that we played uh, in October last month of the British Army on the streets of England asking people if they want a COVID test. Apparently now you have them bringing in the army the very same way that you have them bringing in the army here in America to help with the mass COVID testing in Liverpool. Uh, All kinds of other strange things that are going on. A judge has ruled that Governor Newsom's order with COVID-19, it's unconstitutional. He's blocked him from doing even more. We're going to see all kinds of other things on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Stephen Crowder and Owen Schroyer, Gavin McGinnis, proud boy for life, God my witness, Mark Levin, Dan Bongino, you do business, Diamond and Silk, and Candace Owens, Kanye West standing with you while the flag is blowing, across the pond, Paul Jones and Watson, homie you're the bomb like jihadis in Boston, pun intended, so don't get offended, you snowflakes, safe space, spineless dependents, I'ma work my bloody hands at the bone, while you dream about the day that you could get Roger Stone, the deep state man. You did a lot of things you regret Bill Clinton flying up in that Lolita Express
You're not a racist if you voted for Trump You're not a bigot if you wear a MAGA hat and get jumped You're not a sexist if your girl makes you breakfast You're not a privileged white male, just ignore the idiot leftists This is where my family fought to survive Where they thrive with the immigrants who work till they died And they never had a beef with any temple or tribe It's just media controlling your minds Together, we will make America strong again We will make America wealthy again We will make America proud again We will make America safe again And yes, together, we will make America great again Don't tread on me, I won't tread on you Cut me, I bleed red, white and blue I'm grown and down to get dirty I'm a mean shot with my whole 30-30 Brother, we can get it if you cross that line You can take a look at my American mind Fly over, drop it right on top Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because Welcome back. Salutations and welcome back. <laughs> you know, we, um, one of the things I don't like about being like a conspiracy theorist is how wishy-washy we are. You know, it's like we're not allowed to have our own opinions. We're always forever giving like coverage, analysis, breakdowns, projections, and all this other stuff. But heaven forbid, we make a decision. Heaven forbid we put it out there. You know, I've been doing this for several years, and when I say that, I guess I have to think about, you know, the, the administrations we've been under, uh, kind of earning my bones underneath Obama's administration, really starting to hit the grind underneath the Trump administration, and here we are uh, moving out either underneath Trump's administration and into the Harris administration or underneath this, like, globalist communist takeover. And so when I talk about the several years 
of being here, trying not necessarily to have like a position and really trying to look at this from an informational point of view, that becomes very difficult because at a certain level, you're going to become biased. Um, and the fact is, is when you don't admit that you're biased, you begin to deny it. And so it shows up in other ways. And so what I'm trying to say is it sucks that we kind of have to walk through this, this narrow line. But at times, obviously, we're going to deviate. Uh, I, I, I typically come from a liberal democratic household. That's, that's what I know. That's what I come from. I'm a very kind-hearted individual. But because things have intensified and they've escalated and I've, 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 I've experienced the world a little bit, I've had to pull myself up from the bootstraps, a lot of what you guys have heard here and more, uh, and a lot of that you don't hear from behind the scenes as well, my thought process would not allow for it to adopt today's modern day democracy. I can understand it for democratic thought process, but I also see what all it entails. And so this is why I try to have a healthy perspective when looking at things. But at the same time, I have to be based in reality and understand that a lot of the things we discuss are, are, are brainwashing tactics, agendas, and things designed to keep you tripped up, focused only on the distraction rather than the 30,000 foot view uh, that we try to look at here. And with that being said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this segment, Quarantining Freedom on this episode, uh, show number 1037. You know, I, I didn't get around to saying it. I should have said this in the previous segment, but there was a Facebook group that was created uh, on the night of the election because they could already see the, the, the steal taking place. It got, I think, within 48 hours. It was the election was two days ago, November 3rd. It's November 5th right now. Within 48 hours, they had over 300,000 people. I think 350,000 people joined because the idea was to create like a, a Facebook group to get out awareness, to stop the steal. They could see that the steal's taking place, talking about voter fraud, uh, election meddling, and things like this. You know, see something, say something type stuff created on Facebook. Facebook's like, no, we can't have that. Delete it. Boom. Within 48 hours, over 350,000 members joining a Facebook group. That's more than our entire uh, Instagram page and following and network, right? 350,000 followers deleted within a 48-hour uh, time period because they don't want people being able to share this information. Now, think about how monumental that is. I'm one person. 350,000 individuals like myself getting together in a group, understanding what's happening, sharing information. They can't have that. Mark Zuckerberg already told you, hey, no, we will watch out for election meddling. We will provide to you the information you need to know. We won't let people declare victory. This is so crazy. I'll talk more about that in the third segment. You know, when we come back talking about the, uh, the Chinese infiltration, uh, technocratic oversight, and more. I, I, I just wanted to kind of follow up with that, you know, explaining, explaining the conspiracy theorist mindset uh, the bias that does kind of leak out and the, 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 the other aspects that come with this, but to switch gears and talk about other things, other pressing matters that require our attention. I want to bring to you information, you know, about the COVID-19, COVID-19, the pandemic and everything else, you know, a, a, 
something that is very deadly to people that have pre-existing conditions. It is a real, it is a very real virus. It does have real effects, but it's also mutating. And there's also other strains out there that are very, very harmful. And what I mean by that is uh, this article right here from Signs of the Times. Uh, they put this up October 30th. It says brain scans of COVID-19 patients show the whole spectrum of strange, inexplicable neurological effects. Now, we've already talked to you about how people in Brazil have died from having these vaccine shots, how uh, corporations such as AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson have also began essentially conducting human experimentation. They've had side effects such as spinal inflammation, day-long headaches, uh, numbness in extremities and things like this. And now, again, we're talking about strange, inexplicable neurological effects. Now, these aren't people who suffered from the vaccine. These are simply people who have suffered from the virus. Two different things. But I think people should be made aware of this. Let me get into this. It says, among the many serious symptoms of COVID-19, the strange neurological effects experienced by many patients count as perhaps the most mysterious. A sudden loss of smell and taste, one of the first unusual symptoms reported by COVID-19 patients but strokes, seizures, and the swelling of the brain, called encephalitis, have all been described. Some patients, also, some patients diagnosed with COVID-19 also experience confusion, delirium, dizziness, and have difficulty concentrating according to the case reports and reviews. For several months, doctors have been relentlessly trying to understand this disease and its many manifestations that seem to affect the brain in many ways we can't fully explain. To synthesize some of the rapidly accumulating data, two neurologists have now conducted a review of research exploring how COVID-19 disrupts or disturbs patterns of normal brain function, which can be measured by an EEG. An EEG, short for electroencephalogram, records electrical activity in different parts of a person's brain, typically by using electrodes placed on their scalp. In their review, the researchers collated data nearly on nearly 620 COVID-positive patients with from 84 studies published in peer-reviewed journals and preprint servers where the EEG waveform data were available to analyze. Looking at EEG results could indicate some form of COVID-related encephalopathy, encephalopathy in these patients, signs of impairment or disturbance to brain function. Approximately two-thirds of the patients in the studies were male and the median age was 61 years old. Some people also had pre-existing conditions such as dementia that could alter an EEG reading, which the researchers considered when evaluating the test results. Among the 420 patients where the, where the basis for ordering an EEG was recorded, the most common reason was an altered mental state. Close to two-thirds of the patients studied had experienced some delirium, coma, or confusion. Around 30% of the patients had had a seizure-like event which prompted their doctor to order an, e- order an EEG while a handful of patients had a speech issues. Others experienced a sudden cardiac arrest, which could have interrupted blood flow to the brain. So think about this. The mask suffocates you. The vaccine poisons you. And now we're hearing about people, because you can recover from COVID-19, we're hearing about people that either had COVID-19, tested positive for it, or recovered from it, that they're having some of these strange side effects, delirium, confusion, 
uh, strokes, seizures, and all other strange things. Gang, what did I talk to you about in the previous segment? Chinese infiltration. I'm trying not to sound like a racist or some kind of crazy conspiracy theorist when I'm saying this type of stuff. But again, I can't help but think who would benefit from making a virus that essentially attacks our brain, our hearts, our lungs, and more? That debilitates us. That can sleep inside of you and mutate. Who would benefit from being able to cripple their opposition? Our adversaries are China. China. I can't help but think about that. And I get it. These are people with pre-existing conditions. People with pre-existing conditions. The average median age is uh, 61 years old. These people have no, 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 uh, they're not in a fight. What are you worried about? These are people heading towards retirement. These are people who, these are the people who are helping finance the infrastructure of America. These were, this is the working middle class. This, this is that old money. This is your, these are your aunts. These are your uncles. These are your grandparents. These are these type of folk. I know we we're, we're told not to think about this type of thing. But who is this affecting? Again, that critical infrastructure, the insurance money, the banking infrastructure, right? Those mom and pop shops. Think about again what COVID-19 has done to us, the socioeconomic impacts of a virus such as this. I know we're just reading about the brain scans and how this is messing people up neurologically, but think about this, what this does to us, what this is doing to people. They're unable to visit their loved ones as they pass away in these overcrowded hospitals. And now, as if that weren't enough, you now have the World Health Organization allowing China, that's right, allowing China, the people that helped start all this, they have allowed China to seize the reins of the investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. So this is how powerful propaganda is. You see how they can get people to say, oh, this is the Trump virus. This is Trump's virus. When, when we have been tracking this thing throughout the entirety of the year, event 201, since basically October of last year, we saw this literally come out of China, Wuhan. We have this whole global debacle about all of our rights being taken away, our liberties being stomped on, pool parties in Wuhan locking people down. It's clearly come from China. And the World Health Organization says, hey, this is a good idea. Let's give it to these guys. Even though it came from them. This is insane. This, this, this is like the FBI investigating itself and saying we find no criminal activity here. This is insane. Let me read to you this. This comes from uh, Just the News, Not the Noise by Sophie Mann. They put this up November 2nd. This is nine months after the beginning of the global coronavirus pandemic. There is still no public independent investigation into the origins of the novel virus that came out of China. In an investigation published by the New York Times, the newspaper concludes that the Chinese government has failed to cooperate in any way with the World Health Organization as it is. 
purportedly attempts to understand the source of the virus. The article calls the work of the World Health Organization over the last months, quote, both indispensable and impotent. As the United Nations affiliated group had led a significant effort to disseminate information about testing, treatments, and possible vaccines. However, the World Health Organization has failed to slow down global travel patterns at the pandemic's outset due to the due primarily to the political and economic considerations of the countries that finance the organization. Another performance factor that even the champions of the World Health Organization are being forced to consider is the group's willingness to bend the knee to China. Quote, even many of its supporters have been frustrated by the organization's secrecy, its public praise for China, and its quiet concessions, the Times writes. The WHO, now being watched carefully by China and high on the list of organizations that the Trump administration would be happily to see dismantled, appears to be continuing to look for answers pertaining to the virus's beginning. However, the ruling Chinese Communist Party appears to be stifling some major aspects of the investigation's independence. The WHO, for instance, will not disclose the details of its negotiations with the Chinese governments and is refusing to provide member nations of the, new, of the UN standing body an outline of the terms of its investigation. Furthermore, according to the Times, the WHO has agreed to allow critical elements of the investigation to be led by Chinese scientists and Beijing has been allowed to approve the list of outside investigators working on the project. Now, call me silly, but I guess I just started thinking about when we were covering the pandemic, just a really simple article that came out about how France asked China for vaccines and medical supplies. And they said, sure, Emmanuel Macron, we'll give you medical supplies during this pandemic, but you've got to take our 5G towers first. You've got to take Huawei from us. Now, I know that's got nothing to do. That has got very little to do with the origins of the investigations into China. They're in, into COVID-19, but think about that. They're saying that we will allow very, we're going we're gonna to have a select group of people help investigate the origins of this virus. Again, what's happening right now is just the reposition of the global government. You're having China take, take the reins, essentially. Because America stepped down the health organization. We stepped down from this pandemic. We said we're not playing this game. And by doing that, that allowed for Xi Jinping of China to step up. And that's exactly what's happening. He said that at the start of this pandemic, which I thought was kind of strange. I thought, my God. What kind of an evil, evil person would say that a pandemic such as this is good for the economy? Well, here we are right now, nine months later, talking about exactly why. Selling medical supplies, selling uh, critical infrastructure, allowing people to take part in this, 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 uh, this, this scam, and then again, selling them to cure. My gosh. The sophistication of our adversaries. But we see, that's not done because we're not done. China is the testing ground. Australia is the demolition place where they're going to go ahead and try things. 
And now, in the UK, they're bringing in the army to help with the first, quote, China-style mass COVID-19 testing in Liverpool. This whole, this whole thing reeks, stinks, it's gross. It reeks of globalization. Why in God's name do we need the military to help dis, to disperse vaccines? Why do we need the military to help get involved with voting? Election fraud. Some of it seems like it doesn't matter. But I, insanity. All of this is so it's just crazy. It's it's just crazy. Uh, let me let me read to you guys real quick this article from Activist Post, and then I'll I'll play this quick video uh, that we put up back in October. We didn't really post it. It's over there on our Project Knowledge's pages, but I, I pulled it up for you guys. It's of the British Army walking around asking people if they want COVID tests. It's it's, it's the only thing that's equivalent. Uh, but let me get into this article. It comes from Activist Post. We put this up November third. It says, following in the footsteps of China and and tiny Slovakia, the UK is embarking on its first, quote, moonshot mass testing campaign in the city of Liverpool, known to most people outside the UK as the hometown of the Beatles. According to The Guardian, up to half a million people in the city are set to be tested this week, and if the system proves successful, it will be used again. With the self-isolation period for those who test positive set to be reduced, up to half a million people are due to be tested in Liverpool if the, in the government's first attempt at mass testing and tracing with the goal of tracing the infection of every individual who tests positive during the drive. The scheme is part of the government's attempt to meet the demands posed by local officials who seek more money for both test and trace programs, as well as more funding for the government's furlough plan for workers. To help carry out the program, the British Army will be deployed for, quote, logistical support. Huh. The operation's success or failure could determine whether any whether another mass testing campaign in another one of the worst hit areas in the UK. Prime Minister Boris Johnson recently rolled out a system of coronavirus restrictions where there were with three standalone tiers. Liverpool and Greater Manchester are both in the third tier, which imposes harsh restrictions that mirror the springtime lockdown, with with the main difference being school is still in session. A variety of test types will be employed during the campaign, which starts Friday, roughly a week after the new measures took effect. The testing comes out, or the testing campaign comes as Downing Street struggles to find a way to boost compliance with the new restrictions. Quote, those who have contacted need to self who have been contacted need to self-isolate, Johnson told MPs in the, in the comments on Wednesday. Quote, we'll be making a big, big push on that because I must be candid with the House. Alas, the proportion of people who are self-isolating in response to the urges of the NHS test and trace is not yet high enough. You see, they need you to trace. They need you to stay in your home. They need you to be compliant. They don't need you going about your life. They don't need you uh, uh, having your freedoms. No. They need you to be compliant. And so what I'm going to do for you guys real quick is pull up this quick video clip from Project Knowledge. It currently has over 230,000 views. I'm missing those numbers on our page. The quick caption says that the army is on the streets in England, that the British army is on the streets of England knocking on the doors of people asking if they want a COVID test. Mark my words, the same type of behavior is going on here. I'm just walking the station right by. 
There's three, uh, three people ahead of us, two more on the gear. Good afternoon, how are you doing, guys? Uh, what are you guys doing on the streets? For the Morning Escape? I'm the City Council, we're just supporting them, handing out COVID tests. For what reason? Just to give people a chance to test themselves in the house. Can I ask you a question? I'm, I'm a citizen of uh, Hansworth, I live in this community. I just want to know, I'm recording this for my safety and your safety also. Um, why is there the, uh, the need to have the army on our streets and knocking on people's doors and to see if they want to be tested? We just need to support the council and hand them out. But why the army? Just to support. That's what we're here for. Just to support the council and help hand out tests. But if people want to have tests, surely that's their discretion. If they, then they can go voluntarily to any sort of... Uh, centres to have tested so why knock on people's doors? Just to give them the option. They don't have to take it, they can just take it if they want. Well whose directive is this? Birmingham City Council. Birmingham City Council. And where is Birmingham City Council got this directive from? I'm not sure, sorry. And also, just to say, if, if you do come knocking on my door and I refuse, what, is there any repercussions to that? Of course not, no, it's entirely up to yourself. And how do you guys feel? I'm assuming you're part of the, the, the British Army? The Air Force. Oh, the Air Force, yeah. And how do you guys feel knocking on on, on people's doors. Well, I don't want to ask more questions, but we're just here to support, but thank you. Yeah, but sure, I mean, you know, you're here to, you know, this is a dem democratic country that we live in, yes? And it's a free country. Do you not think this is a bit draconian in terms of what you guys are doing? I'm not asking more questions, sorry, but we're just here to support, but thank you. So you're only here to support? We're here to support, the yeah. Well, yeah. Is there any legal right that you can actually go around knocking on people's doors? I'm not answering any more questions. Well, it's not very good, like I said, I'm not happy. As a citizen of Hansworth, you know, and I'm one of the residents around here, and if I do see anybody, any, any people that I know, I will tell them to refuse to knock on the, open their doors because I think it's an absolute liberty of people's civil rights and taking away our freedoms. This is absolute tyranny. Having the army on the street, yeah? Having the army on the streets. Now listen, I'm saying, having the army on the streets is absolute tyranny. And you guys really should be absolute tyranny. And you guys really should be ashamed of yourselves doing this, you know that? It's absolutely disgusting. Is this what this country's come to now? Absolutely disgraceful. Knocking on people's doors to ask if they want to be tested. There's nothing wrong with people. If people want to get tested, they can go to these test centres if they want to. This is intimidation. You know that? Absolute tyranny. Mark my words, when we get the words out, taking orders from my life. Powerful. I'll be sure to put that link in the description bar below so you guys can go ahead and get yourself, uh, either get yourself a script together, share it with your friends, or get it out there because you people need to know we got rights. We're not going to be treated like this. You can't. This is it. It's it's almost insane to see this rollout just take place, and to, again, just see the passive compliance and how you again have people encouraging the client the compliance. Just put their just put your mask on. It was 15 days to slow the spread, and now they're demanding that people begin to self isolate, or they're going to have to release the army on you. Duh. That's where we're at now. We we. We literally have people getting arrested, standing up for their rights, saying, I don't want to be forcibly injected or I don't want to have you withdraw <laughs> blood from my body. When did I become the bad guy? When did I become the bad guy? Because I don't want people 
to take the blood from me. Oh, that's the price you pay for living in a civilized society. Is it, though? That doesn't really seem like a very civilized society. If you're having to use guns to, 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 to force your point of view, doesn't sound like it's a viewpoint that I get along with. You're trying to kidnap me, and that doesn't sound like something I'm down for. But again, we don't think that type of stuff's going to happen here in America. Unfortunately, my friends, I have a clip for you. It's already beginning to happen in Texas. Cases in the last eight days, city officials say they have to take a more aggressive approach. ABC 7 J.C. Navarrete has a look at the measures the city is taking to get a grasp on COVID-19. He joins us live. J.C. That's right, Eric Saola. Knock on your door or a ring of your doorbell are very real possibilities from law enforcement and health officials for anyone not cooperating with the contact tracing process. This as El Paso hits an all-time high in active cases. This is a very concerning situation. We have seen an increase in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths from COVID-19 that is not stopping. City and County Health Authority Dr. Ocaranza not missing words as the number of active cases has now surpassed 6,000. In the last eight days, more than 3,000 additional cases were also reported. With the flu season in full swing, officials are now concerned about the spike in hospitalizations. When you combine the influenza plus the COVID, it will overwhelm our healthcare system very easily if we don't take personal responsibility. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has already laid out the benchmarks on what happens if hospitalizations climb above 15%. In which he's going to be implementing restrictions. But nonetheless, we're not going to be waiting for the governor to implement restrictions. We needed to start implementing those restrictions, and our restrictions are going to be stricter. Okay, the newly appointed director of the El Paso Public Health Department saying health officials cannot do their job once the contact tracing process gets combative. They hang up on us, they, they challenge our authority. Uh, in many cases, they tell us that they know better uh, how to take care of their families. We are immediately, with Dr. Ocaranza's assistance, uh, we are issuing health orders that are delivered by a police officer and a public health official to their to their domicile. We spoke to residents who are frustrated that the situation has not improved in more than 200 days we've been in this pandemic. It's really frustrating when someone who's been locked down themselves of their own volition, um, then somehow they get COVID and it's because out in the world, not everyone is acting that way. And so, um, yeah, it is really frustrating. Now, officials believe that part of this huge spike that we're seeing right now is due in part to many bars that have converted into restaurants and some of those establishments just aren't following those health guidelines. So again, tonight, a good reminder to follow the contact tracing process to make your life and everybody else's life easier. Reporting live in West El Paso, Jason Navarrete, ABC7. Thank you, Jason. We just have to be more compliant, don't you know? We're... we're you need to stop going to bars. You need to stop going to restaurants. You need to stop going outside. You just need to listen. Everybody else around the country is doing it. You just need to go back inside your house. You need to board up all the windows, all the doors. You need to put Black Lives Matter over it, Antifa rocks, right? And, and, and you just need to wait until the military is ready to deliver you your ballot and your vaccine shot, okay? I don't understand what the big problem is. 
I really don't understand why you Americans are fighting back. I don't listen. Are, are we going to have to just tighten down the restrictions? Are we going to have to put you in a tier two lockdown? All jokes aside, check this out. Quote, we're not guinea pigs. Brazilians protest Sao Paulo governor's mandatory vaccination push. An article that comes out of Zero Hedge. They put this up November 2nd. And you can bet that's going to happen here. We're just dealing with an election right now, so they don't have time to try to implement all this. But believe you me, they're definitely trying to underneath the cover of the election. I'm very curious to see how that's going to happen. Who knows? We might begin to see people push back with that. You would think that the same way people are able to call out fraud and election fraud and election meddling is the same way that we could call out fraud with this COVID-19 and this vaccine push. But I guess that's not the case. We have to put out one fire at a time. Let me get into this. It says Western media outlets like the New York Times would have their readers believe that the Brazilian president, President President Jair Bolsonaro, is a madman reviled by his own people while attributing his historic electoral victory to some kind of fluke or even worse, judicial meddling to keep corrupt ex-president Lula from winning another term. The reality, of course, is that Bolsonaro, like President Trump, has a devoted core following who would back him over virtually any challenger. And despite all those reports about Brazil's collapsing healthcare system, more than 300 demonstrators gathered on the main commercial thoroughway in Sao Paulo to protest state governor Yao Doria's push for mandatory vaccinations using a, co- using a vaccine developed by China's Sinovac, not to be mistaken with China's Sinohawk, the company that Joe Biden is involved in. Continuing on, it says Hunter Biden is involved in. Continuing on, it says that the governor has previously backed making immunizations mandatory once once vaccines are available to all. The chief justice of Brazil's Supreme Court has said that the court will ultimately decide on the issue, though, as Reuters pointed out, a number of vaccines are already obligatory in Brazil including hepatitis B, which is, given every, which is given to every newborn. Tens of thousands of residents in the city have, rece- have already received the, va- the Sino- Sinovac vaccine as the company continues with stage three trials in the area. The program seemed to have infuriated the protesters as they waved signs claiming that, quote, we're not guinea pigs. Reuters reported that the, quote, tightly packed protesters, quote, we're against the authoritarian Chinese ambassador Gao Doria, who would now make the vaccine compulsory against our wishes, protester Andre Petros said. Quote, this doesn't happen happen this doesn't happen anywhere in the world, not even in China. Brazil had the third largest outbreak in the world, with five point five million confirmed cases. Brazil's Federal Health Ministry announced last month that it would buy forty six million doses of the vaccine contingent on regulatory approval and a deal supported by the state governors. But a day later, right-wing President Jair Bolsonaro said that the Brazil would not buy the vaccine. It goes on to say that, that the Brazilian Federal Health Ministry announced last month that it would buy 46 million doses of the vaccine contingent on regulatory approval in a deal supported by the state's governors. But one day later, Bolsonaro stepped up to trash the deal. Because people do not want to go along with it. People do not want to be vac- they, they don't want to be guinea pigs. That's the easiest way to explain it. What did I talk to you about just last week? A couple weeks ago, whenever we covered uh, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and some of these other companies, GlaxoSmithKline, who are getting involved with vaccines, they're asking for regulatory flexibility. They're going to be basic, they're, they're going to be exempt from any of the bad stuff that's already starting to happen. 
So the same way that uh, you've got Dwayne Johnson, not The Rock, but the, uh, the groundskeeper in California that was able to take it to Monsanto and make the, that historic ruling, I forget what the amount is, they don't want that for whenever all these other uh, uh, vaccines come out. Yeah, because Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, the groundskeeper in California, that was able to sue uh, Monsanto because their, their, uh, their product, Roundup, contained glyphosate, which is a cancer-causing element. He, he developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and cancer from it. He sued them and won. They don't want that, these companies. They don't want a Dwayne, they don't want a Dwayne Johnson. Whenever I talk to you guys about the Sackler family and how they, uh, the Sackler family and the Purdue Pharma and how they made varying, uh, various drugs, various pharmaceuticals that made people dependent on stuff like Oxycontin, they turned right around uh, and made, what was it, Suboxone to get people, they, to get people off of one drug, they made another. They don't want people to be able to sue for that when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine. And so, they're, heck yeah, they're going to try to have people be guinea pigs. Bill Gates himself has already come out saying that, yeah, no, roughly around 800,000 people are going to be injured uh, for the sake of this vaccine. But that's just the first dose. We're not even talking about the second dose. Understand what these people are telling you. That's why they're, they're making public experimentation cool again. Yeah, like the Tuskegee experiments, like MKUltra. Like any of these other situations in history where there has been public experimentation, the Nuremberg experiment, uh, the Nuremberg Code, uh, what went on in, 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 uh, in Auschwitz and some of these concentration camps, yeah, they're, they're, they're making public experimentation cool again. It's no longer about uh, fluoride in the water and the other things that they put there, lead and flint's water supply. They're going in full board and trying to make you a mutant. They're messing with your DNA jacking with you human experimentation is not cool it's very very dangerous because it's population control i wish we could call it human experimentation that's the soft way to say it but what it really is at its core is population control speaking of which controlling the populations a judge has ruled that governor newsom's ruling in california his orders with COVID 19 have been unconstitutional and they're blocking him from making more. I just ruled against Governor Gavin Newsom in a lawsuit challenging executive order. The Superior Court judge ordered the governor to stop issuing directives related to the coronavirus that may interfere with state law. Also, the judge tentatively ruled that one of the dozens of executive orders Newsom has issued actually overstepped his authority. And joining us now to talk more about today's ruling is one of the lawmakers who brought this court, this case to the courts. I've got Assemblyman Kevin Kiley. Kevin, good to see you. Likewise, thank you. Wow, congratulations. Big win today. Give me your initial reaction. Thanks very much. Well, we're very happy with the result. We think this is what the law requires, that the governor has been uh, overstepping his authority uh, egregiously for months now with order after order that exercises powers that he does not have under our constitutional system of government. And today, the judicial branch stepped up and uh, reined him in and provided the check that was needed to restore our constitution. A judge just ruled against Governor Gavin Newsom in a lawsuit challenging executive order. That's right. Unconstitutional. But see, that's the thing. It's a tad bit too late for unconstitutional because there's already been deaths there's already been suicides. There's already been businesses shut down. 
again, the socioeconomic impacts of these lockdowns. And now they want more. They're asking for more in the UK. They've been, there's another in Europe. There's another in France. They're asking for more lockdowns. Thank God we have this thing called the Constitution and these things called the Bill of Rights. Let me get into this. An article by Sean Andres-Alibi put up over there at your Newswire. They put this up November 3rd. California Governor Gavin Newsom for the past eight months has imposed the most draconian, unconstitutional COVID restrictions via executive orders. Newsom is an authoritarian who has completely ignored the state's legislator and locked down California with a staggering 57 executive orders. Residents in the state have suffered under Newsom's dictatorship since March. In an attempt to curb Newsom's dictatorial control over California, state lawmaker Kevin Kiley sued Newsom and a Northern California judge rebuking Newsom in a nine-page ruling on Monday. The GatewayPundit.com reports that Sutter County Superior Court Judge Sarah Heckman ruled one of the COVID executive orders issued by Newsom related to mail-in ballots overstepped his authority and encroached on the state legislator. The judge barred Newsom, quote, from exercising any power under the California Emergency Services Act, which amends, alters, or changes existing statutory law or makes new statutory law or legislative policy. KUSI reported that a Northern California County judge on Monday preliminarily ordered Governor Gavin Newsom to stop issuing directives related to the coronavirus that might interfere with state law. Judge Heckman's decision will become final in 10 days unless Newsom's attorney can raise new challenges. Newsom did not immediately comment or say if he will appeal. The case centers around on a single Newsom executive order in June requiring election officials to establish hundreds of locations statewide where, where voters can cast ballots in November election. But lawmakers subsequently approved the same requirement and the judge's decisions will, know, will have no effect on Tuesday's election. She acted in a lawsuit brought by Republican Assemblyman James Gallagher and Kevin Kiley, who said Newsom, a Democrat, was single-handedly overriding the state's laws and keep in naming or keeping California safe. Quote, this is a victory for the separation of powers, the lawmaker said in a joint statement. Newsom, quote, has continued to create and change state law without public input and without deliberative or deliberative process provided by the legislator. Yep, that's why they're edicts. Half of these are edicts. Half of these are suggestions. These are not things that we're meant to go down. And what's even crazier, too, I start thinking about it. Newsom's going to be one of these, and I keep referencing that episode with, with David Nino Rodriguez. Newsom's going to be one of those governors that's going to take part in the separation, the, the, the choose your own reality, President Joe Biden uh, or Donald Trump. He's going to take part in that. And so, you know, just to kind of see that kickback happening is good. The very same thing happened in uh, Oregon, uh, uh, Virginia, I think, is either West Virginia or just straight Virginia where people were beginning to defy the mask orders. And so what's happening right now is, to a degree, more of, the, more of this is going to encroach on us if we don't see these type of pushbacks. Uh, rallies out there in the streets saying, hey, my body, my rights. Uh, getting involved in lawfare, you know, suing the governors, suing the mayors, uh, suing politicians. Showing up at your city council meeting, calling out your local elected officials, uh, showing them that they have a constitution to uphold and that they're not doing that and that they need to be kicked out of office. Because what's happening is they're being emboldened by our compliance and our capitulation. Again, all they're asking you to do is to shut down your business, 
go home for a couple months, put a mask on, board up your windows, put, you know, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, whichever one you, you, you prefer on it, you know, and then just wait for the military to deliver your ballots and your vaccines. That's all they're doing. I don't understand what your guys' problem is. Getting back here in reality, an article from Sons of Liberty Media written by Max Labo, they put this up November 3rd. It says the U.S. government is expanding their unlawful COVID-19 vaccine powers. That's right. They're trying to figure out a way to forcibly inject you with this. That's why this is so terrifying, because we have this thing called Constitution, a Bill of Rights. We have these things called inalienable rights that should be fought for. But when you have, again, police officers showing right up to your door saying, hey, we need you to self-isolate. That's kind of crazy. Let's get into this. It says, in, in an attempt to get as many Americans vaccinated as possible, the United States government has expanded COVID-19 vaccine powers to include pharmacy technicians. Huh. It says, once a vaccine for the coronavirus is approved, Pharmacy technicians will join their pharmacist colleagues in an effort to quickly immunize all Americans. Coupled with punishments for those who refuse this vaccine, the U.S. government is pushing hard for everyone to take their shot. The head of Operation Warp Speed has already said that the ultimate goal of the vaccine is not is to inject it into every American by 2021. They want you to be able to get it at Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, you know, everywhere. Everywhere. Drugstore chains like CBS Health, Walgreens, Boots Alliance, Rite Aid, and Walmart have been pushing the U.S. government and the Trump White House to waive state scope of practice rules and allow pharmacy technicians the ability to vaccinate. So, take it a step further. Not only people, not pharma, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think pharmacy techs have to go to school as much as pharmacists. Uh, again, licensed medical professionals, people who have to pass tests, I would prefer for them to administer these type of tests, not somebody that just needs a couple bucks and is working in the pharmacy, probably stealing a couple pills whenever they have the time at all. I'm just, and I'm not talking, talking smack about pharmacy techs. I'm sure we have a couple that listen, but what I'm trying to say is they're expanding their ability and their, their scope of influence as well, because it won't just be the white coat cult it won't just be doctors it won't just be scientists it'll be now pharmacy texts right and other people who are friends of pharmacy texts saying hey i got my shot well who, did you read the insert did the, did the pharmacy tech read the insert did they do are they keeping up with the medical literature or are they just vestigial arms of this takeover let me get back into this it says and a plan developed by the centers of disease control and prevention includes many of these major drugstore chains as future COVID-19 vaccination sites. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services last month issued guidance that, quote, authorizes both qualified pharmacy technicians and state-authorized pharmacy interns acting under the supervision of a qualified pharmacist to administer FDA-authorized or FDA-licensed COVID-19 vaccines to persons ages three or older. This is put out by Forbes. Quote, Pharmacists and their staff are critical to the COVID-19 response. Assistant Secretary for Health, Doctor uh, for Health, Doctor Brett Geyer, said 
when the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced the ability of pharmacy techs and interns to administer COVID-19 vaccines, quote, together with pediatricians and family physicians, they are ensuring that Americans receive the vaccines they need where they need it. There will be a huge effort to get as many people willingly to take this vaccine once they say it's ready. Mandatory or not, there will be a propaganda push and an attempt to turn those who refuse the vaccine into, quote, public health threats. You refuse this vaccine, your life will be made hellish. Just prepare for it and understand what you're up against if you decide to deny this vaccine that will be rolled out by the military. We're already seeing it now. We are already seeing it now. We're seeing them prepare you with the masks, the mask shaming. That's why you hear people saying, oh, well, you know, we can stop all this mask stuff once the election's over. That is the most foolish thing to say because that's not going to happen. The same way they said, oh, it's only going to take 15 days to slow the spread. You know, we don't got to self-isolate. And here we are now. You, here we are now. I'm starting to sound like one of those conspiracy theorists that sees a conspiracy in everything. Because we're in the days of, we're in the season of false flags, the days of misinformation and the polarization, like hysteria. Things are so crazy, you can't blame me. But now, just as soon as we've cleared the election, Dr. Deborah Burks has begun to demand, quote, much more aggressive action to deal with COVID-19. As if it wasn't enough. Again, I have yet to see uh, Bill Gates come out and say, Black Lives Matter. This is an article from SHTF Plan. They put this up November 3rd by Max Labo. It says, White House Coronavirus Advisor Dr. Deborah Birx is also warning that the U.S. is entering the, quote, most deadly phase of this pandemic. Along with medical head medical tyrant Dr. Anthony Fauci, Burks is saying that a, quote, much more aggressive action is now needed to keep the case counts down. Quote, we are entering the most concerning and the most deadly phase of this pandemic, leading to increasing mortality, Burks said, according to a report by Market Watch, according to the Washington Post. Dr. Burks issued the internal report early yesterday. Quote, this is not about lockdowns. It hasn't been about lockdown since March or April. It's about an aggressive, balanced approach that is not being implemented, Berg said in the, in the report, according to the Post. The memo also reportedly warned against any mass gatherings. So protests are right out the window. You know, so are the rallies. Better go ahead and get away from those polling stations. Very, very crazy to see all this stuff go down. That's, that's all I'm saying. Pick your own reality. According to all mainstream media outlets, we should be begin. We should be panicking again and living a full life of fear. Allegedly, according to the propagandists in the mainstream media, new coronavirus cases have spiked in the most states recent weeks, with the daily number of new cases averaging of nearly 83,000 over the past week. Hospitalizations and death rates have also risen, allegedly. Of course, there is no proof of this claim, and independent people and journalists earlier in the year found the, quote, overwhelmed hospital narrative to be a straight-up lie. Over the weekend, Dr. Anthony Fauci told the mainstream media that, quote, we're in for a whole lot of hurt unless drastic action is taken to prevent a coronavirus surge this winter. 
On Sunday, former FDA administrator Dr. Scott Gottlieb told CBS News that, quote, things are getting worse around the country, specifically warning that Thanksgiving could be an infection point that leads to an even worse situation in December. Prepare for the, quote, dark winter they keep promising. Probably won't have anything to do with being sick either. This will come down to draconian and tyrannical authoritarianism forced on everyone outside of the ruling class. And I'll say this real quick, and I'll close out this segment, because Trump did. He got his miracle drug, his human-rat hybrid chemical concoction, advanced treatment therapeutics that helped him beat COVID. Everybody else doesn't have access to that. They don't have access to those Regeneron pharmaceuticals. They don't have access to these chemical cocktails. I got access to sunlight, water, and a couple pharmaceuticals like, you know, not even pharmaceuticals, they're like nutraceuticals and vitamins and supplements. It's like vitamin D3 and uh, zinc, selenium, iodine, magnesium, you know, silver, stuff like that. Everybody doesn't have access to these types of things. And unfortunately, you know, my, uh, my grandfather didn't die of COVID earlier this year, but there are people who have family members who are unable to get the treatment that they need because of the priority that's given to these so-called overwhelmed hospitals that do have COVID patients. And so those people are dying. And so this pandemic, it really has brought a lot of terrible things about our, about our, 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 our society, our culture, our time, our medical health care system, and more. It's brought it all to the surface. And now they say even more aggressive action is, 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 is necessary. Well, what's more aggressive than literally sending armed police officers to your front door to withdraw blood? Forcibly removing individuals from their domicile and taking them to quarantine facilities. What's happening right now is something so hor- like horrific that it does honestly escape words trying to break this type of stuff down. What we're seeing right now is exactly that. They're trying to quarantine freedom. They're trying to isolate your sovereignty. And the real question is, is will we let them? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into technocratic oversight. Again, election fraud, election meddling. While all this stuff's going on, Who's behind the scenes making us, who's allowing us to see what we're allowed to see? Yeah, I mean, doesn't it, you, you gotta, you, you have to know that something feels really, really off right now. I, I, I had alluded to it earlier in the show, that I give that 30,000 foot view. And unfortunately, I think that the ball, the ball is in the air right now, that it's at that 30,000 foot view, but it's going to come hurtling it, hurtling down here shortly. Something's up and something's amiss. And the, and the people who are giving us the information, who are curating the content, the Ministry of Truth, the technocratic oversight, yeah, we're going to be getting into that and more on the other side. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the strange, again, strange stuff that's going on. Last week, Ted Cruz slammed uh, CEO, Twitter, Jack Dorsey. You didn't hear anything about it. You got traffic jams coming out of pre- Paris as they leave COVID 
as they leave ahead of the second COVID lockdown, as well as new documents that reveal Hunter Biden's $1 million contract with the, with the spy chief of China. So yeah, we have other issues going down, but they're holding us up on the election. We're going we're to be getting into this and more on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. I learned, I learned a lot. And I learned that, uh, I learned a lot. Anyway, uh, Bo, uh, Bo is associated here. Anyway, the point I want to make is, uh, I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned black, white, all colors, all backgrounds. What I mean, come on, man. Men, women, gay, straight, everyone deserves a shot. You know, come on, man. You don't think. You know what I mean? You don't think. You know what I mean? Come on, man. What I have to do is I have to continue talking about the things. Come on, man. I came down here because I remember the first bumper sticker I saw. I learned that uh, I got hairy legs that 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 that, 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 that turned blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was straight and watch the hair come back up again. And I learned about kids jumping on my lap. I love kids jumping on my lap. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble, trouble. What are we nuts? Dead, dead, dead. You know, come on, man. Give me a little break here. Get a life. Taking cocaine or not? What do you think? Huh? Come on, man. Black, white, all colors, all backgrounds. What I mean? Come on, man. Men, women, gay, straight. Everyone deserves a shot. You know, come on, man. You don't think. Crusaders of Truth, a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, I can't, I can't help but think, again, of just how, how wild stuff like has gotten in such a short amount of time, too. That it, it, it literally feels like these days, like we're living in a new world order. I think that's the easiest way to describe it. I saw a video. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because this guy was like generally concerned and he had every right to be concerned. But I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just like desensitized or something else, man, because he was just screaming on the side of the road about how not normal everything was. It was like raining. There are cars you know, passing them by. And he's just like, did you wake up today feeling like everything's not normal? And then he just had like this list of things he didn't think were normal. And he was just screaming. And you could see his eyes getting, you know, bloodshot red, progressively getting angrier, the vein popping out of his neck, you know. <laughs> just, it's not normal. Uh, and he's right. He's a, he's a, he's a thousand percent correct. It's not normal. A lot of what we see right now is not normal. Unfortunately, everybody has a different coping mechanism. And with that being said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this edition of Factions of Freedom, the segment Technocrat Oversight. Now that's kind of like a vague thing. Technocrat Oversight. I think the easiest way for me to summarize this is uh, all of this stuff is going down. They're going to give us drugs. They're going to give us distractions. They're going to give us scumbaggery and all this other stuff. Like, here, kids, you know, play with these things while we reshape the global order. Technocratic oversight. Uh, hey, kids, you know, here's your phone. You know, get upset, get happy, get sad, entertain yourself with this. Shut up the grown folks is talking type stuff. I know that kind of sounds rude and abrasive and abrupt, but that's about where things are at right now. A, a good, decent portion of the population is brainwashed, uh, indoctrinated, radicalized, and waiting for some type of event, event to pop off, and the election gives them everything they need. Uh, when I tell you that people have been broken, disenfranchised from their power, uh, put into a position to where they're, 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 things aren't well, we are on a powder keg of problems and things are about to explode. And so the best way to keep that, keep that swelling taking place is to, you know, is to, is, is, to, is to break them off a little bit, give them some drugs, man, let them play with this, you know, give them some red meat, let them get distracted because we'll need them for other things here shortly. But, you know, let's just keep them close. I, I had alluded to it in the previous episode with you guys that, uh, they don't need to take everything forcefully. They don't need to come with guns. What they need to do is they need to take your mind. Yeah, that's how it works. If they can get you to give over your mind, if they can get you to give over your thought process, be obedient, compliant, the best way you know how, well, then you'll, you'll give it over yourself. Heck yeah. And that's exactly what they want. But see, that's the thing. We don't know what we're giving over. We don't know what we have. I'll say this, and I'll transition into uh, our, our first article for this episode, for the segment. I know what I have. 
that's why I've, 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 I've tried to talk to you guys about it in a roundabout way that uh, Instagram is censoring us. We hardly get thousand. We, we hardly get over a hundred likes on some things. Hardly a thousand. No one's seeing any of what we're doing. That's why we've got to innovate and adapt, improvise, and overcome. I know what we got, and that's what I'm trying to do. Is trying to protect this house that you have built. Uh, but with that being said, let me go ahead and get into this article right here. Like I said last week, Senator Ted Cruz slammed Jack Dorsey of Twitter saying, who the hell elected you? Who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? Let, let's give uh, Mr. Dorsey um, um, a few seconds to answer that, and uh, then we'll have to conclude this, this uh, segment. We're not doing that. Uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed to show our intentions and to show the outcomes. Thank um, you, so I, I hear the concerns and acknowledge them, but we want to we fix it with more transparency. Americans are tired of the bias and the censorship from social media companies like Fedbook and Twitter. So leaders in the Senate held a hearing today, literally last Thursday, to let the CEOs of the two big tech giants know as much. And during the hearing, pro-life Senator Ted Cruz let Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey have it, telling him in no certain terms that, the, that Americans never made any decision allowing him to censor what news appears on the social media platform. What have I been alluding to throughout the entirety of this episode that you want to talk about who's interfering with our elections? It's the technocrats. You can say the Chinese, you can say the Russians, you can say we have domestic and foreign inf interference for sure. But the real people interfering with our election, doing the election meddling, are the technocrats. Yeah, I said this earlier this week, whenever you kick off and you silence all the Trump supporters and you allow all the Biden supporters on a platform, well, you're talking to an echo chamber. Of course, it's going to be unbalanced. Again, that's what I'm saying. Trump won, but social media and the media are going to go ahead and give it to Biden. You see. But see, did we even hear anything about that, about Mark Zuckerbot and Jack Dorsey testifying? That's how crazy these things are these days. We literally have... CEOs of the two biggest big tech companies testifying in court, but you hear you don't hear a word of it because of the election taking over. This is this is this is why, unfortunately, whenever somebody like President Xi Jinping of China says that the U.S. is on the verge of having a political fallout, they're not that far off. You see, because this is. Again, this is that corporate globalist communist takeover where, with, with, an, with an authoritarian fascist tip to it. This is the technocracy. This is the corporatocracy.
This is how they've been able to infiltrate the country. You see, because we've we've given they have moved over to China. China is beginning to position itself as a world power. Technocratic oversight again. Blame everything on the Russians. Don't acknowledge what's going on with the, with, with China at all. Isn't that like an ingenious angle? Let me get into this again because I think I, th I think it's really important for this to set the tone. China predicts the fall of the U.S. political system. An article written by your Newswire over there by or by Sean Adams Lobby. It says that the Chinese state media predicts that the U.S. political system as we know it is about to collapse in a grim assessment of this week's election. Quote, the decline of the U.S. politics in 2020 is destined to be recorded in history, wrote China's state-run Global Times. The outlet cited gun and ammunition purchases as evidence that a civil war is looming. The decay is first manifested by the embarrassing situation. Effective governance in the U.S. is relatively or absolutely in insufficient. The government's responsibility to provide society with the necessary public goods to cope with the impact and challenges of the crisis is absent. People are seeing strange and even contradictory signs. The U.S. has the most developed medical technology and system that can, quote, cure a 74-year-old white elderly man, U.S. President Donald Trump, infected with the novel coronavirus in just three days. Yet this same country, with about 4% of the world's population, contributes to more than 20% of the world's COVID-19 mortality. This kind of comparison makes the decline of the U.S. government's capabilities or U.S. government capabilities in the face of the public crisis caused by the novel coronavirus epidemic. The U.S. government can hardly take any effective measures to counter and control the disease. For the U.S., which has already regret, regarded itself as the only superpower after the end of the Cold War, the leader of the international system and the defender of the Western free world, this is clearly a shock to its system. Breitbart.com reports that the Chinese Communist editorial repeatedly mentioned historian Francis Fukuyama alluding to his book Political Order and Political Decay from the, from the Industrial Revolution to Globalization of Democracy, written before the last election. It goes on to say that the Chaikons most likely fell in love with Fukuyama because he fervently criticized Trump's response to the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic, bolstering Beijing's favorite talking point, Fukuyama salad days, we're back in the early 1900s, when he thought that the collapse of the Soviet Union heralded, quote, the end of history, that is, the near-universal triumph of classical liberalism over fascist and communist ideology. Today, he is quoted to bash Trump and the rising fascist global hegemon that markets itself as a communist superpower, while classical liberalism is dying around the world, struck down by, by, struck down by China's coronavirus. The Global Times, built on the most recent built on more recent comments by Fukuyama to suggest that President Trump's is some, some bizarre historical aberration, a, quote, negative influence that exceeds the system's threshold to function and produce, quote, systemic paralysis with the implication that America might resume being a reasonably sane country that Beijing can do business with if Biden wins. Another Global Times editorial asserted China is ser serenely confident of its growing power and will, quote, focus on its own development Instead of expecting the next U.S. president to, quote, fix bilateral ties, Chinese citizens supposedly are not even discussing the American election on the heavily censored social media platforms their government permits them to use. The Global Times quoted the, quote, 
Chinese experts who praised the resiliency of China's economy after the coronavirus and dismissed the U.S. election as just a show. Our election is seen as just a show. Unfortunately, are they wrong? And again, trumping in the technocracy. Aligning up all of these other corporate, communistic, globalist organizations with America. A sort of fascistic approach to where they're able to assume control technologically. This is nuts. This is literally nuts. And what's happening right now, I don't want to say it's an, uh, an, an overwrite of the Constitution, of the Bill of Rights, of the so-called American way of doing things. But what else would you describe it as? How sophisticated is this? Where are we going to be by next week? You see, whenever all this went down, I thought, well, heck yeah, you know, they could do this in China because they have a very compliant population. But what have I been saying throughout the entirety of this team? That we have been infected with not only the virus, but authoritarianism, draconian behaviors that now affect every single thing that we've done that are beginning to affect every aspect of our lives. Now you have Michigan Governor Whitmer going full Orwell, demanding the names and the phone numbers for all restaurant customers. That's right, people who are going to restaurants because of COVID-19, you better go ahead and give them your information. You might have noticed that. But if you're going out to these so-called bars and restaurants, you have to leave your contact information at the door. It's not only silly enough for you to wear a mask, you now have to leave your footprint, show that you may or may not have violated some of these COVID-19 guidelines. This comes from Michael T. Snyder over there, the most important news. They put this up November 2nd. It says, effective this week, diners in Michigan are now going to be required to produce their full name and contact information simply for wanting to eat out at a restaurant or a bar. Ironically, it's likely more information than citizens are required to produce in order to vote. But you see, that's what happens here in the technocracy. They, they, you will not be able to do anything without it being tracked or traced. You think, oh, well, maybe if I just go in there and uh, you know, pay with cash, I'll be all right. There will be a time step or a time stamped showing you're there. Security cameras showing you enter and leave. They'll be able to track everybody else there other than the person that wasn't there. And oh, you'll put a fake number. Like it, we'll, we'll have to have like separate conversations on how to like involve yourself in gray man tactics and stuff like that. Uh, and how to bypass the system, you know, with anti-facial recognition clothing and stuff like that. And, that's that 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 truly is like a whole separate discussion because that's where we're going. You know, when they begin to shut down businesses that don't want to go along with this, that's where the speakeasies are going to come in. I said that at the start of this, um, and here we are. You're going to have people coming up with aliases, fake names. Uh, there's going to be like a whole underground economy that trades in like goods, money, services, and stuff like that because they're not going to want to be tracked. 
That's what this all is. That's what contact tracing is. A lot of what this is is preparing you for the next step of the lockdown. Tracking, tracing people, testing people, door-to-door knocking. I, I, I know all of this sounds crazy. I can't, I truly cannot believe that I'm reading half of this stuff to you. But if I did not see it, if I did not have like videos of it, if I didn't have other people testimony, other people's testimonies, reports, my God, I would not believe it. But that's where we are. This is that technocratic oversight. You see, because even though we're having an election, we're all still losing our rights. And that's the big thing to take away from right now. Because even if the election were to go down, I would, listen, roll back some of these lockdowns and send the troops home and I wouldn't feel like I'm about to step into a prison. This is insane. And we don't have to, unfortunately, we don't have time to get into what happens if they take out Donald Trump, who are they going to install, who's going to be the interim president, right? That type of stuff. Again, technocratic oversight to where we're just ruled by a shadowy organization and they just have Donald Trump or Kamala Harris up there as a vestigial puppet. This is crazy. But it's, it, it legitimately starts with this type of stuff here. And we're in the beginning phases of that. I shoot you not. We are in the beginning phases of that. You know, more on, uh, just, just, to, just to touch on more of the lockdowns. Because it's insane. Audio listeners, you guys can't see it. I'll go ahead and describe it for you. Uh, but there are massive traffic jams across Paris as people have fled with the lockdown. So you've got China saying our elections are a joke, saying that they're going to profiteer from the coronavirus lockdown. And as Emmanuel Macron, on Wednesday, French President Emmanuel Macron announced that France would enter a full lockdown from midnight on Thursday until the end of November due to the second wave of the coronavirus pandemic. You've got massive traffic jams of people straight up leaving. Again, socioeconomic, sociopolitical ramifications of COVID-19. This is the fourth turning. It's the fourth industrial revolution. This is what happens when you have them engaging in social engineering. Shutting down holidays. Shutting down seasons. Over a single text. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put a pause on this right quick because earlier this week we had a, uh, we were doing a, 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 a live, and Kalinda of Massage Therapy, um, Rotterdam, I forget, I, th- I think that's where she is, Rotterdam. Um, I, I'm probably sure I got that wrong, but we had somebody from across the great pond ask us, "How is it that you Americans can do this?" And you know. When you listen to the episode, the question she's really asking is, my God, why are you Americans getting so fired up about this election? I've never seen it before. You know, for such a free country, we are very, very involved in electing a slave master and electing somebody to tell us what to do. She just, she had this crazy like thought process on like, what's, what's up with it? And the only thing I could think to say right off the bat, back of my head is cancel culture. COVID-19 has created like a weird statist government worship culture. It's, it's, it's like inverted us. It's like people were aware of the left-right paradigm, COVID happened, and now we're just begging government to not, you know, 
not lock us down even harder. And now you have us literally worshiping the election as if it's a holiday. You have people no longer celebrating Halloween. I doubt people will thank will will, will, will celebrate Thanksgiving or Indigenous Peoples Day, right? You already have the UK police saying that because of COVID, they're going to shut down people's Christmas gatherings. Do you see what I'm saying here? This is lockdown culture. And that's what the government's created with this. And it would be as simple as saying, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to live in fear. We're going to roll back some of the lockdowns. We have to figure out how to do both. We have to have that, as Dr. Burke says, that balanced, aggressive approach. But we can't have that. Instead, no, we're having total submission, total compliance. That's the culture of lockdown. Go along to get along. And I crap you not, my friends. This type of stuff will lead to the purge. You're going to have uh, climate change activists and environmentalists say that we need more lockdowns. It's good for the environment. It helps reduce CO2 emissions and things like this, greenhouse gases in the third. That's what Bill Gates said, that the lockdowns, they're good for the, they're good for the environment, but they're not good enough. You understand where I'm going? That's what I mean by lockdown culture and how that's also an aspect of how COVID-19 is also an aspect of cancel culture, how they're canceling everybody's culture. That's why they're saying this is, a, this is a great opportunity to introduce the global government. All of this stuff is crazy. And as we see all these things happening, all these changes taking place. Revolutions happening. People waking up. Fighting back against the tyrannical government that wishes to keep them enslaved. You now have Oregon becoming the first state to decriminalize hard drugs like heroin and cocaine. <laughs> oh my uh, I shouldn't laugh. You know, because, well, I should laugh because this is everything I've said in one way, shape, or form. They don't want people to wake up. Sobriety is a hell of a drug. Reality is extraordinarily intense. They don't want that. They want you to tune out, drop in, blast away. Blast away. What have we been talking about? What have we been talking about throughout the entirety of the lockdown? With the opioid epidemic, the, op the overdoses, the alcoholism, all these things. Hell yes. People are going to say, you know what? We need harder stuff. We need harder things. Of course, in 2020, they would make these drugs free. They would make them easily accessible. I mean, we're not talking about weed here. We're talking about heroin, coke, and meth. <laughs> We're going straight, straight into it, you know, because that's all we really care about. We don't care about sovereignty. We don't care about rights. We don't care about less restrictions, less taxes, less involvement and interference. We just want strange sex and drugs. I just want to feel weird. I just want to bliss out. I just want pleasure. I don't want progress. This is all very crazy to me. You know, 
How does this how does this apply to the technocratic oversight? Well, they know what people want. They know people want those drugs. They know that you want some of that suboxone and some of that uh the uh, the oxycontins, the lower tabs, the Percocet. They 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 know that you have developed a uh what's it called a tolerance. They know that you've developed a tolerance to the Adderall and that it's not having an effect. They know that fentanyl is causing all these overdoses. Shucks, we got to start decriminalizing harder drugs, giving people, access, giving people access to things like mushrooms. You see, because again, this is, I'll say this and start getting into this article. This is one of the angles that people aren't hearing me on when I talk about the mushrooms uh, and things like this. I don't have a problem with the therapeutic benefits of things like uh, mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, MDMA, and things like that. What I have a problem with, my friends, is how, again, people are developing a, a dependence and a, 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 just said the word, they're developing a dependence and a, a tolerance, there you go, to Adderall, to these over-the-counter drugs. So they need things like this to have people to have people do it themselves. I think it was all this Huxley. I forget at what uh, what what university in California. But when speaking of his books, Brave New World, he said we'll get people to love their servitude, and with drugs like this, that's exactly the point. Let me get into this. We put this up November 4th. It's by Ricky Scafari over there in Times Headlines. It says, while everyone is holding their breath and waiting for the outcome of the presidential election, Oregon has just become the first state to decriminalize hard drugs like heroin, cocaine, and meth in a 59 to 41% vote, according to a report from Fox News. And so the report details that the Drug Addiction Treatment and Recovery Act will transition the Oregon's drug policy from a punitive criminal approach to a, quote, humane, cost-effective approach. People suffering from addictions are more effectively treated with health care services than with criminal punishments, the bill reads. I'd say that's appropriate. Quote, a health care approach includes a health assessment to figure out the needs of people who are suffering from addiction, and it includes connecting them to the services they need. Drug users in the state will no longer be considered criminals, but instead, Oregon will now offer them addiction services funded by marijuana tax revenue, which is more than 100 a million year, state. The report went on to state that the only small amounts of drugs that are decriminalized, such as one gram of heroin or MDMA, two grams of cocaine or methamphetamine, 12 grams of psilocybin mushrooms, and 40 doses of LSD, oxycodone, or methadone. Criminal penalties for possession of these amounts will now be replaced with a fine of up to $100, which can be waived if the user is evaluated at, in, at an addiction recovery center. Don't worry, if they catch you with the drugs, you're fine. A hundred bucks, you'll be all right. A hundred bucks for like a couple of grams and all that stuff, man, you'll be okay. You pay that super easy. Duh. But it's the fact of the matter. That drugs are the only clear winner of this year's election. We all lost. That Americans lost. The only thing you gained was the, was the ability to go do drugs about it. Real talk. That's like the one thing they didn't shut down because of COVID. You can still go get liquor. You can still go get herb. And apparently if you go to one of these uh, addiction recovery centers, you can get heroin. You can get meth. 
You can get crack cocaine, my friends. So, hey, you know, don't worry about the country. Just go get your drugs. And I hate to sound like a jerk. I really do. But this shows you, again, where we're able to rally around. We can all agree on drugs, heck yeah. But an effective way to limit the interference of government and the involvement of one's in, in, in someone's life? No, we can't. We can't do that. We don't want to offer people too much freedom. They might legalize marijuana with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. I need to stop being a jerk. Because, again, how does this apply to technocratic oversight? This is the easiest way for them to pacify the population. I heard somebody saying that if Trump said he was going to legalize marijuana and drugs, he'd win. I don't know if that's racist or if that's catchy, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. Our priorities are bass backwards. Bass backwards. We're not thinking straight. Probably because of all the drugs. Probably because of all the drama, all the politics, all the stress, all the confusion, all the misinformation, the misleading, mes the, the misleading messages uh, from both local officials, state officials, and federal officials. Heck yeah, we would have to be a drugged up, drugged out population to be sitting down, going along with this. Yeah, no, no, no person in their right thinking mind would be going along with half of what we're talking about. But you know who else isn't in their right mind? that's going along doing whatever it is that they're doing, Hunter Biden. Yeah, because we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this stuff up for you. Hunter Biden. So outside of them screwing over your brain, laughing at our elections, stealing it, meddling with it, uh, disrupting our critical infrastructure, laughing at our government, our, our, our system of doing things, threatening to get the United Nations involved. This is where we're at, to where we can't even get a crack-smoking, drug-addicted, creepy pedophile like Hunter Biden behind bars. Oh, my bad. Robert Hunter Biden. You know, unfortunately, we don't even have time to get into uh, this scumbag. We really don't. I was just trying to connect, you know, that uh, this guy's addicted to cocaine. He's doing all kinds of drugs. Yeah, you know what? Here, let me just go ahead and give you like a quick synopsis of what this article goes over and how Hunter Biden's laptop has been labeled a national security nightmare. It says the material, none of which was encrypted or protected by anything as basic as a two-factor identification, is just basic information that was on his laptop, was Joe, Joe Biden's personal mobile number and three private emails, as well as the name of his Secret Service agents. Crack. Mobile numbers for former President Bill Clinton, his wife Hillary, and almost every member of former Barack Obama's cabinet. Crack. A contact database of 1,500 people, including actress Gwyneth Paltrow, Coldplay singer Chris Martin, former presidential candidate John Kerry, and ex-FBI boss uh, Luis Frey. This is all stuff that was just readily accessible on this guy's, on this guy's laptop that, again, you're hearing no word of, and they want to give this, this country over to Joe Biden with a crackhead of a son with this type of stuff, having access to it. Continuing on, it says personal documents, including Hunter's passport, 
his driver's license, which you're seeing right there from the District of Columbia. Uh, what did, when did they issue this? When, I don't think it has an issuance date. It says he was born on the 70th. It expired in uh, 2017. It says that it still has his, his driver's license, social security card, credit cards, and bank statements. Uh, and the last thing is details of Hunter's drug and sex problems, including a $21,000 bill spent on one live cam porn website and selfies of him engaging in sex acts and smoking crack cocaine. Yeah, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below because they, 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 they do a pretty good job breaking down how much of a scumbag he is, how stupid he is, and how it's basically like him trying to get himself caught. He might as well have gotten himself caught. I don't know what in God's name he thinks he's doing. Technocratic oversight. So if I'm just able to casually read to you the contents of this man's uh, laptop, why is he not locked up? He's been named in a criminal case with his father. Maybe this shouldn't be technocratic oversight. Maybe it should just be technocratic influence showing you how, how much corruption people are complicit in and how much evil it's going to summon. I mean, my God, this is what's happening. If these guys don't get in trouble, if they aren't held to some sort of standard or some sort of justice, what else do you think they're going to carry out? You've got basically Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg holding the entire world hostage, manipulating the point of views and curating content, choosing to show people things. And we can't even say, we, we, we can't even bring them to justice? Our country is about to burn due to this. Not only, corrupt, not only the, the, the corruption that is systemic and still ongoing, but the fact that justice can't even be uh, administered because of it. Maybe President Xi Jinping was right. Maybe Trump literally created systemic paralysis because of all the things he's doing. I'm not sure. But what I do know, and what does terrify me, is that it's not going to end today. It's not going to end tomorrow. It's not, they said it was going to end the election. I don't think so. I don't think it'll end on January 20th either. Because it's that same old saying, team, order at KO. And we've seen them meddle in elections and install dictators around the world. And now we're seeing it happen here. That same globalist communist infiltration is shaping up in our own backyard. And we don't even know what to do with it. We can't even call it out. And even if you do, they call you a Russian. This is what's happening right now. We're seeing they're holding us hostage, creating contention, assuming control. We are watching a coup in live time and seeing history be made. And I wish I could tell you where we will be on the other side. But unfortunately, my friends, I'm just as in awe as you are. Ladies and gentlemen, this is American Contention, Quarantining Freedom and Technocrat Oversight.
it. Yeah, unfortunately, that's it. Let me let me let me break it down to you. Let me hit it straight. We're seeing a takeover of our electoral system, a communist global funded foreign takeover of our election system. This is 2020. Make no mistake about it. This is the technocrats. This is the new world order. And this is what we're up against. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, I barely scratched the surface. By next week, I'm sure I'll have a much different analysis and a much different approach. However, for now, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>